0: Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: That was all in the first hour, and Jay may have made the most salient point of all. Look up and down that schedule. We have our schedule blocked out in college football for decades. You ain't going to see COVID-19 anywhere on there, but it is the toughest opponent anyone will face. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. It's a beautiful Thursday morning. We're in lower Manhattan in New York City. Welcome back to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Fellas, look, Von Miller... Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, they've all contracted it. They are among the faces of the NFL, but they are not the face of the NFL. Novak Djokovic got it. He's a face of tennis, a huge one, but he's not the solitary face of tennis. Russell Westbrook got it. He's one of the faces of the NBA, but he is not the face of the NBA. Now, we should also mention Nick Saban at 68 because players cycle in, cycle out. He has been a constant, and even though Dabo, Sweeney, and Clemson are closing hard and fast, I think it is indisputable that the number one name in this sport has been for a decade-plus Nick Saban. He is a standalone figure, and as a result, you got to kiss that ring. You win that championship for sure – Huge situation, testing positive for COVID-19. He says he's asymptomatic. Big game against Georgia. We'll see what happens. Schedule for Saturday. For now, the entire team will be tested. Steve Sarkeesian will take over. This is his second stint at Alabama. Offensive coordinator, left for the Falcons, returned to Alabama. He's the play caller. He's in charge for the moment. Implications for the playoff and your general thoughts on what we have heard, a bombshell. This is the biggest story in college football. Programs have been halted. Players have tested positive. Nothing bigger than this.
2: It's, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has a history of coaching, obviously, as a head coach. Whether it was at Washington, USC, he was up for the Colorado job. He was up for the Mississippi State job. He decided to stay at Alabama with Nick Saban. Now he has an opportunity as an interim coach to take over this one game if Nick Saban can't coach the game on Saturday. The interesting thing about that, though, is how will you view Alabama if they lose? Like, what happens at the college football playoffs? You're like,
1: talking lose Saturday without Sabin? Lose
2: Saturday without saving with Sarkeesian being the head coach, and then they have one loss on their record and they run the table the rest of the way. <clears throat> Do they, are they one of the top In my opinion, yeah. Yes. They're they one of the top it teams.
0: Too. It wouldn't change my opinion at all.
2: But what if they lose? That game plus another one when Nick Saban comes back. Now, where's your thought process in terms of where they're at in the Final Four? For me, they would be out. Two losses to anybody, whether it's Nick Saban or whoever. Two losses in this particular well, situation, you don't
0: you don't deserve to get in. I think that depends upon how you lose. I you know I think if both games come down to the wire, obviously if this game were something and who you lose to. I think that speaks volumes, correct? I mean, because essentially, what happens is you get down to the eye test, and we've talked about this. If if there's going to be discrepancy between who's allowed to play, how many games due to COVID, how COVID hits your team, all these situations are going to be unique. Key, they're all going to be different. No, and that's if you, true. If, if you're not playing with a guy that's been on your sideline each and every day, that's a huge loss, even to a degree that Vegas has dropped the spread down two points, essentially. Well- That's a huge loss. a massive loss. If the
2: committee is looking at it from that standpoint, saying, Nick Saban, you have to? I mean, you can. I mean, I guess, but Nick Saban's not coaching. Steve Sarkeesian's in. They lose to Georgia, but Nick Saban comes down the line. They lose, I I don't know their schedule, but they lose to Tennessee or something.
1: You got Tennessee next week. Yeah, they lose to Tennessee. Tennessee.
2: They lose to Tennessee. But everybody else has one loss or no losses in the same amount of games played. Just because Nick Saban wasn't there for the Georgia loss, you punish the other teams and reward Alabama? I mean, I don't think you do. I wouldn't sign off on it with two losses, no matter if Nick Saban's coaching them or not.
1: Here's the scenario you need to think about. And by the way, just for purposes of context, we have been playing the college football every year, college football playoff every year since 2014. The BCS ended in 2013. The college football playoff began the very next year. Um, there's never been in the history of the playoff a two-loss team make it. Nobody that has had two losses has ever made it. Let's talk about this scenario, though. Understanding the context is most important, that Saban has the coronavirus and his entire team will be tested. Today, they just played Ole Miss. Jay referenced earlier that the Rebels have had a little bit of an outbreak in Oxford. It's just continuing to spread. We'll monitor the situation. You ready for this? If this game is postponed, the likelihood is it will be made up on December 12th. Because two SEC games that have been postponed already, Florida and LSU, will be made up December 12th. Vanderbilt and Missouri will be made up December 12th. Presuming we follow that line, Alabama plays Georgia December 12th. The very next week, Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC title game. And if both teams have one loss after that, Alabama plays Georgia. In the college football playoff, it is not wow. out of the realm of possibility at all. Let me follow
2: you here. Regular season ends. They
0: play Georgia, Alabama. The
1: game that December was supposed 12th. to be played. December twelfth. This game doesn't, if go, this game off this game game doesn't go off.
0: This game doesn't go I think we are we all in agreement the, that? We it's leaning towards it not being played. It, it smells that J. way. So it, smells, it feels wager. that way. You be yeah.
1: laying a wager. You know where you be laying that wager, right? Yes, he I is do. the game. So
2: game. you got that one. Then SEC championship because game because it's
1: the East and the West. West. Georgia yes. So they play them again. Play them again after that At, game. So both back teams backs. have one loss.
2: And then you saying they could play each other again in the final four
1: in the college football playoff. If one of them has one loss no, and zero it. losses, or they both have one loss. And the do, game you is wanna, super do you want to see that three straight times? Doesn't matter what I want to see. No, what I, I I'm just talk, see? when I
2: say want to see it, I mean just everybody. Do you really want to see that I mean, for
0: a third time? Well, respectively, I, I will. I mean, depending on – we're talking about the best teams. I mean, if Alabama and Georgia are ranked two and three right now, depending upon what happens with Notre Dame and North Carolina, Ohio State – Yeah.
1: Clemson and Notre Dame, by the way, could also have this scenario. I'm not just saying it's an Alabama-Georgia thing, because Notre Dame this year is eligible to play in the ACC and win the ACC title. If that were to happen, they could possibly meet three times. I'm just saying the Georgia-Alabama situation could be very interesting if the game is moved back, because you got to remember, too many matchups between Alabama and LSU – is why we have the college football playoff, right? People were tired of seeing those yeah. two teams and Alabama curb stomp people. That's the reason, and other teams getting left out with undefeated records, that's the reason we have the playoff. I'm just saying, don't put the cart before the horse. It is way more important you to already think did about Sabin's health. <laughs> Sports Talk Radio, I'm learning. But it's one of those things where we could possibly see these two teams, if this game is moved, play three times this season, all in the back half of the season.
2: It, it You know, not having Nick Saban... Saturday it would feel weird to see Steve Sarkisian run the team out to play Georgia that would be that just would feel so
1: weird but Sark is the play caller something Greg McElroy who joined yes. us earlier the national championship yes. winning quarterback for Alabama said he's 46 and 35 at Washington and USC but it's his second stint at Alabama he's calling the plays it's an offensive sport. Mac Jones, our quarterback, is playing well. If there is such a thing as we talked about this, if you lose Dak, you get Andy Dalton, you have a, a serviceable person there. This seems like "quote unquote" the best case scenario to have a guy that's seasoned and has been a head coach.
2: Yeah, but it's it's totally different. Much like Greg McElroy said, in game adjustments. When do we go for the onside kick? When do we do two points? Nick Saban wouldn't do that. Like Nick Saban wouldn't go for two points unnecessarily. Where Sark might, or Nick Saban may not call a flea flicker, backed up with his back against his own goalpost. Steve Sarkeesian might. But with Nick Saban in his ear and screaming at him and telling him don't do that, it's a different different feel. Or saying, hey, I want Jay Will in the game right now. Sark may not understand that. And, And so from a defensive standpoint, the same thing. Nick Saban wants to do things defensively. The defensive coordinator has to bounce it off of Nick. Now, how does that communication go now when Nick's somewhere else and not on the sidelines?
0: You're really good at giving teases. I'm going to give one because I ahead. think we should talk about it in, another, it in another segment. So we're featuring unprecedented times right now in sports with all these different coaches, all these different teams that are contracting COVID, teams missing games. Like, Why can't we let a coach coach from home for his team? or be in communication with this team on the sideline. Why not? What do you think? That was a tease. Okay. <laughs> that was a tease, Zoom, And We got a break. <laughs> we'll pay it off. We'll pay it off. Radio terminology. It's a, it's a great
1: point. It's a great point. We can do everything with technology in 2020. Talk, Why not Talk
0: this? to me
2: after the show, and I'm going to help you with the tease. Okay. <laughs> I, get, I can get better
1: on it. I have to work on it. No, so it's
2: I, a start. I'm messing with you, man.
1: <laughs> on the way, two of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, bar none, are playing this weekend. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn J. been presented by Progressive Insurance. But after that Week 3 game on Monday Night Football that we were all salivating over, there was another game. These are the two young studs in the league, of course, Mahomes. And Jackson. There was another game people circled that, even though it's happening Sunday with everything going on in the world right now, sports and otherwise, isn't really getting the attention you might think it would. And that is a matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Let well, me say it was that a, again. Rodgers, Brady.
2: <laughs> it was a couple of them, right, you circled. You circled the the Mahomes game that you talked about with Jackson in Baltimore. Yep, week three. The the Brady-Brays. Oh, uh, Brady-Brays. <laughs> Breeze-Brady. Week one. Week one, you circled that one. And the Aaron Rodgers game. Minutes early in the
1: morning. Leave me alone. <laughs> so now we have passed Brady and Breeze. Breeze getting the best of them. We passed Mahomes and Jackson with Mahomes getting the best of them. And now we are at but, Brady and But that was
0: Rogers. also Tom, that was Tom's first game, right? So no obviously question. seeing things kind of play out. Oh, yeah, are for sure. Now.
1: But that was the,
2: you know, when you start to build it up, you look at the schedule, you're like, man, these games are going to be
1: good. And we'll see if this one is good. It'll be Sunday, 425 p.m. Eastern from Tampa. And we're joined by Damian Wood, ESPN NFL analyst. All right, Damian, I guess I just need to say three words to set this up. Brady versus Rodgers.
4: Yeah, man, this is like a kind of like a blast from the past. We always talk about these young quarterbacks. And here we got some, some, some of the old guards that's playing some pretty good football, but Listen, uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, is just playing, you know, he's playing out of his mind. You know, he's playing like vintage Aaron Rodgers, and I know I was one of the first people to, to question whether Aaron Rodgers was on the decline, you know, in the past couple of years because he wasn't putting up Aaron rodgers type of numbers, but, you know, like, like Aaron Rodgers said uh, on, on Pat McAfee's show that his, his down years are other quarterback's career years, and he's <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers is, is back to his old, his old usual self. And that's without the services of, De- of Devontae Adams, you know, for the past couple of weeks. So, um, you know, it's going to be a tall task for Brady and company to, to, you know, to get this win against the Green Bay
2: Packers. No, it's it's definitely going to be a, a, a tough situation going up against uh, going up against Aaron Rodgers, whether Devonte Adams is in the lineup or not, uh, Woody. When you look at New York, and you look at the state of New York football, and you listen to Adam Gase, who's still the New York Jets football coach, struggling with whether or not to give up play calling duties at this point in the season, what goes through your
4: mind? <laughs> well, first of all, I thought it was, I thought it was a joke. I thought his answer was a joke. He was like, Oh, let me ask my staff. And you know, if I should give up the play calling duties, I mean, you are their boss. What are they going to say? Yeah, boss. Let me, let me go ahead and snatch some play calling duties from you real quick. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, listen, when you're the Jets and you're the supposed offensive genius and your offense is basically last in the league in almost every statistical category, don't you think that it's time? Maybe let me pass it along to somebody else. Let's see if they can provide a spark or something to give this offense some juice. So the fact that, you know, Adam Gates decided that he's going to retain play calling duties just showed me he's kind of, you know, he's like an maniac or something. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Okay, let me follow up with this one though does this seem like this is a coach that knows based just on all the little antics and the things he's been saying over the last couple of weeks that this is a coach that knows the door is going to be shut here soon?
4: Uh, listen, I would have to think so because some of the answers that key some of the answers that he has given it just shows you like it sounds like a defeated person. Um, someone who knows that the end is inevitable. Um, as far as his coaching, his coaching reign here in New York, and and uh, I know the Jets have been besieged by injuries and all those type of things. But anyone who watches the Jets play, they're a uh, undisciplined team. You know, highly penalized. They're, they're non-creative offensively. Seem like they don't know how to use you know the guys in, in the proper you know proper positions. It's just, a, it's, it's just a complete mess. And once the fan base turns on you, Keith, you know this here in New York. Once the fan base just go, goes rogue and turns on you, that's it. it. It's over.
0: Well, let's go to another team in the AFC East. Let's talk about the Patriots. Now Cam Newton comes back after having COVID. Uh, how do you think things play out in the AFC East?
4: Well, I think. listen, I, 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 think, I think the New England Patriots are going to be right there with the AFC East. We saw Buffalo you know, go down to Tennessee and get smacked by the Tennessee Titans. And I've said from the beginning that I wasn't ready to to anoint the Buffalo Bills, the, the, the you know, the, with the new crown of the AFC East. I think we saw the New England Patriots against Kansas City, the difference that a Cam Newton quarterback makes for the New England Patriots because this is a guy that you got to account, account for not only throwing the ball but you know, in the running game, you know, when you play against most teams that don't have the, the physical skill set of a Cam Newton, usually in the running game it's 10 on 11. You don't have to account for the quarterback. Well, guess what? When you got Cam Newton back there, now it's 11 on 11 football. It's a totally different matchup. And Cam Newton brings more juice to the passing game. You know, all you have to do is go back to the Seattle Seahawks game where they lost on that last play of the game to see how everyone flourishes when Cam Newton is in at quarterback. So I think he's going to bring a whole new energy back to the lineup for New England.
2: Let me ask you this, uh, Big Woody. Le'Veon Bell obviously was let go by the Jets. Um, what team do you think he could help, and especially if he lands with Coach Belichick in New England, do you think that he could – well, I know he could help anybody, but do you think that's a good fit?
4: Yeah, I do think it's a good fit. I do think it's a good fit for him for him in New England. I mean, listen, you're talking about a guy. Think about this. It's almost like you want to forget, you know, his uh, Le'Veon Bell tenure with the Jets. You're talking about a guy who, as far as yards per scrimmage, was higher than Jim Brown. Mm. I mean, think about that. He was well on his way to a Hall of Fame career with a, a yards per scrimmage average per game ahead of Jim Brown. So, when you have that type of skill set, it can help a lot of a lot of teams whether it's New England, I think Chicago would be another good fit for him because I think Chicago needs a guy like that with Tariq Cohen out for the year with his injury. A guy like Le'Veon Bell could bring a very good skill set to that offense that I think needs another playmaker.
1: That's a great point. That could be a great thunder and lightning combination with David Montgomery, who also hasn't been able to stay healthy. And we should certainly point out that to your point about Jim Brown, I mean, Jim Brown is Jim Brown, but it was just three years ago that Le'Veon Bell basically led the league in carries and touches. He can make it happen if you give him the rock. The question is, who's going to do it? Damian, thanks for waking up early this morning with it. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, guys. Take it easy. And it's a good thing he's up because he'll be on get-up with Greenie and company at 8 a.m. Eastern. You'll see him on first take with Stephen A., Max, and Molly at 10 a.m. Eastern. So we're just getting Damian warmed up. We're just getting Cam warmed up. Despite all of this back-to-back negative tests, got to get that to get back on the field. The Gilmore situation, everything swirling around the NFL. You have to step back and remember, despite all of it, Cam essentially right now is on track to miss... One game, right? It was yeah. one game, and yes. it was against the Chiefs, and I love Cam, but that's probably a game maybe with them they might have lost as well. But it's that old adage of you never realize how much you miss something until you don't have it when you have to roll Brian and Jared Stidham out there. So let's say he's back, and he's ready to be Cam again, ready to take on the Denver Broncos. What kind of player can he be if this is all behind
2: him? Well, it's been, it's been two weeks since he's played?
1: Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So he's rested, had a bye week, and a whole basic – he's Cam again. And in, in, in it was probably going to roll through Denver the way that they were going to roll through Denver if he was healthy. Nothing for me changes about the way Cam has approached the season and played. The only reason why he missed the game is because of COVID. Right. He didn't miss the game because of injury. Like right. most people would probably have projected – in the beginning of the season that Cam was going to have some sort of injury because he's injury prone, which is another false narrative that he's not injury prone. He's had a injury before that allowed him to miss the entire season. So when you look at it, the New England Patriots, like you said, they happy, man, them dudes in that locker room, they are not going to tell you, but they looking at Brian Horry and Jared Stenham sideways when you know that's just side eye. yeah they look at you like hey, sideways side eye they kind of they're, going. <laughs> they're not gonna say anything <laughs> right. they're glad to see cam back on the practice field bill belichick is glad to see cam back on the practice field because they know with him they'll be in every single game no matter what the case is
1: that's been proven it's already proven. this season young season is it unreasonable to think
0: that the patriots try to get Le'Veon Bell?
2: No, they. That's 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 a that's Bill's mo. You, okay, you, you know you want to grab somebody that people that that still got a lot of gas left in the tank mm-hmm. that wants to be motivated. See, got that, here's a, let me tell you something about the NFL, Jay. Will, in in what the way people set narratives and and make others outside the NFL think about who you are as a player. The New York Jets did Le'Veon Bell a Derby. service. No, they did him a yeah. Good they paid deed. him, but yeah, they did a good deed and a disservice because. On one hand, they want to make it seem like he can't play and he's disgruntled and he's mad and he's back and forth with the coach and he's tweeting part of it is his problem because he likes to get on the social media deal and vent his frustrations. That's what people do nowadays. On the other hand, the NFL coaches that really know, know he can still play and know when you are with a losing team, your attitude Is messed up. There's two things about NFL guys. My damn money and am I winning? Because if you pay me and I'm losing, my attitude is not going to be good at all. But if I'm balling and you ain't paying me and we winning, I want to get paid. Mm -hmm. So what Belichick likes to do is grab those guys that people kind of push aside. Uh, He doesn't have any more. His history shows that he's grabbed them, brought them back to life. Brought him back to life. You can go down a long laundry list of players that have succeeded in New England when people have said, eh, he's a problem. But when they get to New England, there's never a problem. They happy as pie. A.B. would still be at New England if he didn't have off-the-field issues. issues. He didn't cause no problems with New England. He had off-the-field issues that they had to move on from.
1: I can think of another wide receiver that's got a gold jacket that works here that made there you that go. Move. Exactly. Yeah, Ran-
2: Randy Moss, no problem. Oakland, ah, he's crazy. He's this, he's that. He went there. All he did was catch 25 touchdowns or something like that. Got a gold jacket. And broke records with Tom Brady. Corey Dillon, running back from Cincinnati Bengals. They hated him in Cincinnati. All he did was help him win a Super Bowl.
0: I mean, I know you had them at the beginning of the year in the AFC Championship game. I don't know if you're still staying with that, but the more and more I watch them play, especially with Cam, if they're able to get a Le'Veon Bell, they're moving in that direction. I first off think that, they're going to win. They're going to beat the Broncos, even if Drew Locke is back. Yeah, I just think you know, Cam is going to be a beast and do what Cam does. And if you start looking at who the Bills have to play, I mean, the, the Bills got a kind of difficult schedule coming up. They're playing the Chiefs. Yeah. Could be back-to-back losses, right? Then they have the Jets. Then they turn around they play the Patriots. They're going to play the Patriots twice. Cardinals are on there. It's going to be interesting to see what, it come down the stretch. I, I had the Patriots winning this division.
2: Real quick, Z. One thing when you said you got them winning, all you got to do is go, Vic Fangio, Bill Belichick.
0: Hey, that's it. You cold, man. I'm just telling the you truth. You cold, man.
1: Hey, it's listen, the key. truth. I hear you. Hey, Key, no reason to apologize for saying that. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Keyshawn J. Wills, who been presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, including Adam Schefter, who will have the very latest on Cam's situation for this weekend. And what in the world is going on with Devontae Adams? Adam is here at 845. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. 2020 has been a year unlike any other. So should Nick Saban be allowed to coach from home? If we're going to break all the rules in every aspect of society, why not do it here in college football? Jay has some strong thoughts on that after we have SportsCenter.
0: Two-two out. Sears the
2: pitch. Swing and Muncie crushes it. That one out to right center field. That one way back there. Look out. Gone. It's a grand slam, and it is all Dodgers. How do LA you absolutely do? Absolutely unloading in the first. Muncie'll touch them all with the sacks pack. Eleven nothing in the first
1: inning. Key, your thoughts? How do you do? You're the Braves. You're not doing too well. Speaking of the Braves, Chipper's going to be with us at eight thirty. Yes, Chipper Jones. Dodgers <clears throat> all over the Braves. <laughs> 15-3. The Dodgers scored 11 runs in the first. No team has ever scored more runs in any postseason inning in the history of Major League Baseball's postseason. Clayton Kershaw, scratch from game two. He'll be on the bump for game number four. Coverage on ESPN, 730 Eastern. Great piece on ESPN.com right now by Alden Gonzalez, who covers the Dodgers, on why this might be the most important start Clayton Kershaw has ever made in the postseason. That says something. The Dodgers have been there year after year. Check it out if you can. Astros over the Rays 4-3. They stay alive. Yeah, cheaters. Tampa has a chance to close out the cheaters, keys words, tonight. That game gets going 4-30 Eastern on ESPN Radio. From Yips to yard, Altuve's had a lot of problems making some routine throws, but he went yard yesterday, all part of Houston's win to stay alive. The Rays an opportunity to get to the World Series again tonight. It would be their second appearance in the Fall Classic. And the biggest story of the sports morning, hands down, Alabama's Nick Saban and his boss, the athletic director, Greg Byrne, have tested positive for the coronavirus. Coach Saban, who is 68 years old, squarely in the range of being susceptible, said he is asymptomatic. The entire Alabama Crimson Tide program will be tested Today and coming up at 8.05 a.m. Eastern, we will speak to Tom Rinaldi, ESPN College football reporter, one of the few in the media that is very close with Nick Saban, who obviously is a pretty guarded individual. But Rinaldi was with Saban when he learned of the positive COVID test. And Tom will join the program at 8.05 Eastern on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Shell. Get more time to listen to our show by going to Shell and getting three things done at once. First, fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus, then save up with the Fuel Rewards Program, finally snack up to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell.
2: I don't see how they're going to be able to pull this off in such a short window. When your head coach and your athletic director
0: have tested positive for COVID, Alabama, Nick Saban, and SEC have an opponent they can't beat. The opponent is COVID.
1: I think Jay said it well right there. It's an opponent that's not on the schedule, but an opponent everyone is fighting and you don't have to be playing college football to be a part of it. Those are the comments of Key and Jay just this morning. This is a story that since we came on the air about 90 minutes ago, we have been talking about and we will continue to talk about it all morning long, all afternoon and night long on ESPN radio. Again, Tom Rinaldi on the way at 8.05 was with Saban when he found out that he had the coronavirus. So, Jay, there's a lot of people that are saying, look, you know, it's 2020. We're trying things and doing things we've never done before. College football generally has been a pretty staid sport, but maybe time for a change with regard to getting Saban involved Saturday, even if he's stricken with this.
0: I know people are going to say, well, you're only making this comment because of Nick Saban. But when you actually look at the list of people, you know, Mike Norvell has missed games, Les Miles, right? All all these coaches that have missed time. My thing is if you don't know what's going to happen because COVID and we're in uncharted territory, don't you have to do different things? Why are you taking away the opportunity for a guy like Nick Saban or Mike Norvell or Les Miles, whoever these coaches are, to actually be in a controlled environment at home and have communication with their team and with their head coaches during the game itself? How come they couldn't coach remote? We're allowed to work remote. If something were to happen here, we're all going to go home to our respective homes and work remote and still do our radio show. Why is that different when it comes time to coaches working with other coaches to do it from home?
1: How do you do it, Key? The logistics. Well, that's that's, that's a different question. That's a different question. This is a different question I'm asking. Let's cross one bridge before we get to the other. It um, should
0: be allowed first and foremost. How you do it is another question. Do
1: you agree with that, Key? The first point? They should be allowed to do it? No. Why not?
2: I just I guess because the logistics of doing it. Like that that to me. Well don't, don't
0: don't tell me the how yet. We can get uh, to the how, but you can't tell me a reason why you shouldn't be allowed to let teams individually figure out their because
2: how. Because there's so much other stuff that goes into it. I can't I I understand what you're saying. Explain to you uh why versus how, but I got to put them together. Okay. I got to put them together because if they want to coach from home, okay, coach from home. But now, how are you going to do it? What's the protocol? What's the rules? All of those sort of things. You know, not to say that Alabama and Nick Saban would do anything, but it's just weird to have somebody coaching where we don't see what's going on. Like, it's just, what are you doing? Are you, and I don't want to say stealing signs or any? Like, what's going on? How are you? How are you executing it? Like it's hard to do. It's gonna be very hard to do. You're communicating and these things on the fly. It's constant. If you're trying to communicate with them and tell them to run this certain play, to do those certain things, the coach is coaching in the game. That's a distraction. How is Steve Sarkeesian going to be trying to talk to the staff and at the same time listening to Nick Saban try to chime
0: in on Zoom or something? Well, I I, I hear you. I think you're really diving you're really diving deep into the how. My thing is how individual teams choose to go about it. Go about it is up to them. I don't know what all the protocols are. I don't yeah. know what all the the things that you could potentially.
2: I mean, I guess, I guess yeah. Let him let him coach from home if that's if that's what he wants to do. If that's what college or any pro college, whatever, if they want to coach from home, yeah, why not? Jay made a great point. We we work remotely. If something was to go down here, although I may not have power on purpose, so I don't <laughs> have to work from home. But, but tons of our listeners are in this too. Exactly. Yeah, we, the whole, we're, the allowed whole to, we're allowed to work from home, so, yeah, why not? Logis- Maybe they never thought about it, so it's not – it's something that never came
0: up well, until just now. Well, that's what I'm saying, though, Key. Like, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Everybody's trying to be as malleable as possible here as we adjust on the fly. We are adjusting on the fly. So, what was it, that word? Malleable. malleable. Big okay. word, flexible.
2: Yeah, yes. I, I, flexible. Yeah. Just say flexible because it went right over my head. Flexible okay, on the fly.
0: Yes. Flexible on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> I went get how you feel sometimes, but <laughs> <Yeah, too, when laughs> I get it. It <laughs> just happened naturally. <laughs> but so, that, that I think we should just kind of push the boundary here about what our comfort level is for all these coaches, because obviously there's a lot to manage. Now, how you do that, that's a great question, Key. You know, I'm not in the nuances of coaching. I've never been a coach before at a head college football level to understand, you know, all all the intricacies of doing that. But having the optionality to explore that is something that all these coaches should be able to
2: have. Yeah, they should be. I've, I've changed my stance. They should be allowed to do it if that's what they choose to do.
1: And Jay, you did say there is a scenario when you're concerned about logistics, as was I when I asked Jay the question. But he was right. Put the cart before the horse. Let's do it. Then we'll figure out why. There is a scenario. You said that if they could socially distance the situation, since there won't be a ton of fans in the game, they're going to have game day personnel limited in and around the stadium. Move them into that's the, the stadium. a possibility that he could actually do it from like the press box with like two empty press boxes around him. I mean, look.
0: I I, I know people are probably going to say, "Well, what do you mean you're going to bring him there?" But if he's isolated. If he's in the press box by himself with limited capabilities that are all tested before to make sure that there he doesn't break those protocols, and he why can not? See the field. And he can that see would... the field. Why let, not?
2: Let me ask you this because I don't know. Is it a state law that he can't coach from the press box? Is it a school law? Is it NC2A law? Like, who says that he can't just the- decide, I'm cool. I can go to the press box. I'm not around everybody. I'm quarantining from my press box.
1: Generally, the CDC... You're okay. talking about a local level. The CDC is essentially saying and this is just from the Centers of Disease Control, completely nonpartisan, that if you test positive for the coronavirus, you have to quarantine for 10 days. Okay, that's that's the overriding. The game is Saturday. Okay, you know what I mean? So obviously, if they wanted to make it happen, we'll have to wait to see. But I'm just telling you from a baseline perspective, they're telling anyone to quarantine. Think about this. If this happened in the Big Ten, guys, did you see how Kevin Warren in the Big Ten? If this happened in the Big Ten— if a player tested positive, he would miss three games in the Big Ten. There's a 21-day mm. waiting period. The CDC has put a 10-day period, and we're talking about a game in two days.
2: So at the minimum, okay, two days. If, at the minimum, if his if if they test if he tests positive, recommendations.
1: Then, it's, it's not hard and fast.
2: For oh, them. it's just
0: recommendations for the CDC, okay, but for the, the, the Big CDC. Ten,
1: it's hard and fast. Three weeks. Hmm. Three
0: Good. weeks. So the only thing I would say to that about the optionality of having Nick Saban be at the arena is that does that set the wrong image for our country optically? You it, know, by, it, will, by, it, it sets it, the wrong it, it image. Mean it would but, for well, me, but, but you know. But it depends on how you view the image. Right. Right? Look where we are in college football. Key, you and I both thought that we shouldn't be playing college football, even though I was like, hey, look, I think we're going to play. And yet here we are. Here we are having a coach like Dan Mullen say, hey, I want to have 90,000 people in the, in, in the crowd.
2: So much for that.
0: And some people are actually being behind it. Some people actually saying like, "Yeah, maybe we should." Like, so it's <laughs> if we're in that territory already, just I don't know. Yeah, it, it until they
2: do it, I guess we won't know, right? But having him, I guess, having him coach in a press box, isolated from people, and I, and I don't know that coach would even want to do that. I bet you, I bet you, if anything, coach would want to push the game back to the end of uh, the end of the season, I bet you
0: he would want to do that. But if they couldn't push the game back, right. all I will say is that Key, you and I and Zubin, we have spent a lot of time in these confines of ESPN around coaches. Yeah. My head coaches. And if, look, I work with Seth Greenberg, who is one of my best friends. When I tell you how buttoned up in every degree, every aspect of his job he was, and how, like, it was almost like Hey, we have to be here on time. We'd be here early. I gotta prep. All it was. It was if you if you're working through your day like that every single day, it's hard to turn that switch off. It's hard to do that.
1: It's you're hard right. to
0: relinquish control.
1: If you're not familiar, Seth, great college basketball analyst for us, former ACC Coach of the Year with Virginia Tech. It should be knocked down, drag out a big-time fight Saturday night if it happens between Georgia and Alabama. And on that tip, the biggest boxing event of the fall airs live on ESPN this Saturday, October 17th, when the WBC franchise wbo WBA world champion Vasily Lomachenko and the IBF kingpin Tiamifo Lopez clash in a lightweight unification showdown live from the MGM Hotel and Casino in Vegas. Live coverage on ESPN, 730 Eastern. Undercard action on ESPN, ESPN Deportes and ESPN+. Plus Later this week, you'll hear from the guy that put it all together, the boxing promoting legend Bob Arum. That's on the way later this week. Huge fight this weekend on ESPN. Still to come, take it or shake it. That LeBron ends up with more titles than Michael, and that Le'Veon Bell goes from Jet Green to Kelly Green and joins the Eagles. Mm. The fellows will take it or shake it with those topics and more.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us
1: Take it or shake it. Welcome back to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way in 17 minutes, Mm -hmm. the man who was in the room with Nick Saban when he found out he had the coronavirus ESPN's Tom Rinaldi doing his due diligence with the huge game between Georgia and Alabama. And just when they were talking football, they had another huge thing to talk about Saban's positive test. He's 68 years old, right there in the susceptibility range. Tom will be here at 8.05 a.m. Eastern to take us through that incredible moment when he was there in the room as Saban found out. Take it or shake it is brought to you by Granger. Pretty simple here. Either we're taking it, it's a yes, or shaking it, and we're throwing it off. Let's roll. Fellas, we are witnessing the best Aaron Rodgers play we have ever seen out of old number 12. Take it or shake it?
2: Shake it! Shake it! it. No. I mean, who set this narrative up that this is the best that we've ever seen?
1: Yes, they're four and zero. Oh. Favre said it the other day. Yeah,
2: and so and so and so what a did, great reply. I just said so did Dan Orlovsky. And did you hear what the guy Aaron Rodgers said himself? No, don't yes. you ever I mean, compare
0: Dan Orlovsky to Brett Favre? That's a just, legend. I just did not compare. their
2: playing. I'm comparing their comments. And and so look, yes, he's playing great football, but I've seen this before. I've seen it before. He just led his team to the NFC Championship game last year. 26 interse- twenty-six touchdowns, four interceptions.
1: And he's won a Super Bowl.
2: 4,000 yards. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I get it. It, it. it sounds great. He's motivated because Jordan Love got drafted. That's fine.
0: But no. No. We, we've only played four to five games. This season could potentially be the best one ever. But I just want to go back to the reply. Who said that? Well, it was Brett Favre. Uh, yeah. No,
2: I didn't say, uh, no, no. No. The man, the quarterback, said it himself, meaning Aaron Rodgers. He said it himself. He says, yeah, I'm playing good football. I'm comfortable. But everybody judges him differently.
1: That's all. Yeah, and a bad year for me is a career, for, a career year yes. for others. Love that arrogance. Love the swagger. That's why he is who he is. Let's run through this, fellas. The Philadelphia Eagles should sign Le'Veon Bell. Take it he, or shake it.
2: He corrected himself on the arrogance. He tried to go by real quick. Um, <laughs> shake it. Shake, shake it. it. You, you, if you're Le'Veon Bell, I'm not going to the damn Philadelphia Eagles. Exactly. They're a bad football team. I'm trying to win. I got my money from the Jets. Thank you, Jets. Now I need to get my Super Bowl ring. So I'm looking for a contender. I'm looking for a team that I can go in and contribute right away. I'm looking for the Oakland Raiders, and maybe I can pair myself with Josh Jacobs. I'm looking for the New England Patriots. I can get in that backfield with Cam Newton. Those are the type of teams and programs I'm looking for. Although the Super Bowl, a couple years ago, Philadelphia is coming off a Super Bowl victory But no, they're not a good foot. Why would I go over there with that bad offensive line and a bad quarterback play right now?
0: I'm not doing that. Are are all these questions going to be two-minute answers by Keyshawn? I just want to know how much time we have in the segment. Is this like a debate? You're asking for two minutes? Yeah.
1: Can I get time back? I I don't. Jay, your rebuttal.
0: Yes. No rebuttal. No rebuttal. (laughs) Move forward.
1: Okay, this this one's not going to be two minutes. This is going to be two seconds for Key. The Dodgers are going to play in the World Series. Take it or shake it? Take it. Take Take it. it. I take it. And we make up time. Brilliantly done, fellas. LeBron will end up with more titles than Jordan. Take it or shake it. What does he have now? Four. He's got four. Jordan's got six. Mm. Mm. This is a good question. Mm. This is a really good question. Mm.
2: Shot clock violation. Take it.
1: Take it. Wow.
2: Yeah, he'll get seven.
1: What? Three more with the Lakers? Yeah,
2: three more with the Lakers. Three more with the
0: Lakers.
1: If this microphone wasn't attached, Jay, it'd be a mic drop moment for Key right here. Come
0: wow. on, wow. well, because the best part, you, you see, there's uh, the intimate, the interpretation with his body a little bit. He's not sure of it. He's he's going out there because he wants to believe it because that can happen for yeah, his that's Lakers. that's probably
2: true. He, Jay is probably right. I want to believe it for Lakers, <laughs> even. Th- but but it's, see, if you would have said tie, okay. I would have definitively said yes. yes. But you're saying more seven is or three more at this age. With these other teams coming, it's hard. But because I'm a Laker fan and I'm a Laker, I play guard for him. By the way, I want him to see him get to seven.
1: And the G League team?
2: What you? No. the <laughs> defenders? He's on the D- team. Oh, Zubin, loosen it
0: up! I like it. You always got to work your way up, Zubin. It, he's thirty-five or thirty-six. I think he's, he's thirty-five. Thirty-five, turning thirty-six. That'd be so Twenty years four, in the league. Four more years. More
3: I don't, three I don't, is hard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. See, three three is
0: hard. We got but Golden I, State. We got injuries that factor I, into yeah, it. Yes, I, all that. I don't know if he gets to three six. Three might get hard. So he might get the six. Six he might get to six. Six, six, faster. Yeah,
2: six he can get to. Uh, I, if you say six, yes, all if, in diving in here first. If
0: he gets the six and he's number one or number two in every statistical category. Good luck trying to prove that debate wrong.
1: Yeah, and if he gets three, that would basically be a minimum of three more years, obviously. That's 20 years then in the NBA to make it all happen. Kareem all our, 20? Yeah, that's yeah, true. It's, it's Malone, possible. All those guys. Uh, Granger helps your business move forward with supplies and solutions for every industry. Safety recovery guides 24-7 support. More call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Tom Rinaldi in the room with Sabin on the coronavirus diagnosis.
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.